I'm just going to give you my quick thoughts on the decision for Bernie Sanders not only to endorse Joe Biden, but also to bully his most loyal supporters into supporting Joe Biden as well. And what I think is important about this, and you will see this in an article from me in the American Herald Tribune coming up, and I hope to have that link up before I post this video, is that the DNC, while always wholly hostile to Bernie Sanders, was always able to get Bernie Sanders to remain loyal to it. And from the very beginning of his campaign, he signed a loyalty pledge with the DNC, a unity pledge with the DNC, that said that he would remain a Democrat and that he wouldn't step outside of the lines of what the Democratic Party, a war party and a corporate party, was expecting of him. So this could have been predicted from the beginning, but this isn't to say that the excitement and the masses of people who were behind him and who were so excited about his campaign were wrong in being so excited and were wrong in trying to push him as far as possible. The 2020 election of the primary was not a foregone conclusion. Bernie Sanders could have won this, that's sure. That is definitely, is at least in the numbers and at least in terms of strategically, Bernie Sanders lost it because of the way that he went about his campaign. He didn't lose it by repression alone, even though he should have called out the repression that was being levied against him. That is 100% true, but it was his own strategic mistakes that ended up being a uh, death trap for his campaign and his movement, that he ultimately ceded power at every turn and refused to fight for it. And that's what this is all about. We have to look at the lessons from this. And one of the biggest lessons I believe that we can glean from Bernie Sanders' newfound uh, passion to vote for Joe Biden and to campaign for him is that it's the same as in 2016. Bernie Sanders was always trying to run within the Democratic Party to move it to the left and to move it to the left based on how the Democratic Party operates generally, not trying to move it to the left from the outside, not trying to make demands on the Democratic Party that could ultimately be leveraged with a mass movement that had the power to threaten, whether it was threatened not to vote or to threaten the Democratic Party with consequences should those demands not be met. No, Bernie Sanders always hoped that he could get elected or that others could get elected, elected like AOC and the rest, and that just by their presence alone, the Democratic Party would move left if they were to work together with people like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, etc., and uh, push them. Well, that's not how power works in the United States. That's not how power works in global society, which is dominated by imperialism, by capitalism, and by the entrenched capitalist class and ruling class, which has its own interests at heart first and everything else either comes second or is completely antagonistic to its interests. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at it this way. If the DNC cannot absorb and cannot hold the social welfare program, which is a mild form of social democracy at best, and a mere American-centric, U.S.-centric form 
of reformism at worst, then the DNC, in which the Black Agenda Report has long called the War Party, has shown its true colors. And we now need to learn the lessons that the revelations from the last five years about the Democratic Party tell us. And they tell us that we need to now focus on grassroots worker based organizing, militant grassroots organizing. We need to think about the students, the workers, the prisoners, folks who are sleeping outside on the streets, those who are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, those who are right now being genocidally killed by COVID-19 because of the uh, pandemic response in the United States, which is not only wholly inadequate, but criminal in so many ways and and those being targeted the most by this and dying the most are black people we need to start thinking about the wars that the united states wages abroad and how to build ties of solidarity with those nations that are facing sanctions that are facing military occupation that are facing daily bombing campaigns in places like syria and iraq and afghanistan we need to start to think about how we can build a worldwide movement for socialism and the way that we get there is by organizing working class people using methods of political education studying history and making sure that our organizational formations our dues-paying organizations our workers-based organizations are independent of the democratic party machinery i've said it over and over and over again the democratic party is a graveyard for social movements it is not a progressive institution. It will not be redeemed. And the reason for that is that if you look at the general trajectory of capitalism and imperialism in the United States, we are now in the terminal stages of that system. That system has become a system dominated by finance capital. Monopoly capital has reached its highest and most advanced form. It has become an extremely costly system to maintain, requiring trillions of military uh trillions of dollars worth of military investment as well as the uh, the high-tech uh, mode of production that continues to not only degrade and uh, worsen the conditions of the working class but also cuts into the real profitability of this system causing a permanent stagnation and crisis that we have seen has completely and utterly driven U.S. imperialism mad with endless war and the constant austerity that it pushes down on the backs of the people. This is the reality. This is the trend that will not stop. There's no reforming this trend. And even though we cannot just jump to revolution, we need to now have our sights on what we can do to make a revolution possible. And in all the successful countries that have done so, whether we're looking at Cuba, whether we're looking at China, whether we're looking at even places like Venezuela and Nicaragua, whether we're looking at the historical examples throughout the 20th century, uh, even the Soviet Union, yes, I said it, we can see that one of the biggest factors in making a revolution happen for the people, making a socialist-oriented revolution happen, is having a political party, a working class party that can mobilize people, that can show the way, that can 
provide direction, ideological direction, as well as direction in terms of the program that we need to fight for. That this political party, this organ of the working class, is completely missing in the United States, and the Democratic Party will never be that organ. We need to get that out of our heads, and we need to get it out of our heads fast. So I challenge all of us to begin to think about how we can build that party, how we can make those connections. We are now trying to keep everyone safe from a pandemic which is ravaging the United States because the U.S. is a failed state and its imperialist system absolutely has nothing to offer the people. And we are seeing black people being genocidally killed by this disease because of such institutional neglect and outright uh, oppression and repression that black Americans face. We are seeing how working people are struggling, applying for tens for unemployment in the tens of millions. We are seeing what the crisis of capitalism, the crisis of imperialism really means for so much of the world's population. And we need to begin to think about how we can build this party, how we can build this political organ of the working class. There are socialist parties in the United States, and I am definitely not going to be someone who uh, says that we shouldn't try to join them. But I think we're going to need something more than that, because a lot of these parties are going to have difficulty mobilizing the infrastructure and institutional mechanisms needed to really galvanize and organize people in in a mass way. We're going to have to unite on so many levels, and we're going to have to fight and debate and discuss these contradictions that have plagued the left for so long. The pro-war U.S. left will have to be challenged. The fact that much of the Sanders movement believes that socialism is the New Deal will have to be challenged. We are going to have to have these public conversations and debates, and we're going to have to unite to build the institutions and the organ of the working class which can mobilize this debate. Because we don't have the corporate media on our side, we don't have the ruling class or any part of the ruling structure of imperialism on our side. All of these mechanisms are really organized against us. And while we can use the technology at our disposal, the tools at our disposal, we're going to have to mobilize and organize our own as well. So all of this is what I see on the horizon. I see that the Bernie Sanders phenomenon ultimately galvanized millions of people to believe that Medicare for All, a Green New Deal, living wages, and free college, student loan cancellation, that all of these things were not only possible but necessary. And for that, I salute the Sanders uh, supporters, those folks who made up his base and ultimately gave Bernie Sanders political expression. But uh, on the other hand, we have to look at the limitations of what it means to run within a democratic party, which is a corporate party and a war party, which is not a social democratic party in and of itself and which could never even absorb or hold the social welfare policies that Bernie Sanders was promoting. These New Deal-esque policies, which in many parts of the world, even the imperialist world, are just part of day-to-day -day life in terms of serving former colonial and current imperialist countries. So, in conclusion, for the third time, to reiterate, let's think about dumping the Democratic Party, but not just dumping it in terms of our vote, but thinking about the proactive steps we can take 
to separate ourselves and be independent of that party with an eye towards real political power, real power, and to challenge power as it stands right now in the United States, resting with a corporate oligarchy and a capitalist class, which now needs to be challenged, overthrown, and whose time has ultimately run out. This is Danny Haifong, and you've listened to The Left Lens. Hit that subscribe button, and I will be back periodically to check in about my thoughts on current events and political developments.